Welcome to Small Business Marketing, Then, and Now. A conversation with small business owners on how they marketed the launch of their business, the evolution since then and how they have pivoted during this COVID-19 period. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Welcome back to Small Business Marketing Done Now. I'm Howard Walpoff, your host. Again, this is brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. And today we're going to talk about sales. Now, sales really is the lifeblood of every company. Most people go into business because they have X as their products and or their service. But in the end, they are a salesperson just like the sales staff that they hire. Because if you're, as a friend of mine used to say, if you're not selling, you're not selling. And you need the right people to hire in the first place, but also the right people to train them to be able to sell your product and be able to have the conversations they need to make these sales. So we're fortunate today, we have Cynthia Zenti as our guest today. She is a unbelievable salesperson in general, but now she's also a sales trainer. She is, uh, she's with Unstoppable Sales and Leadership, and she's creating tomorrow's sales leaders with the skills they need to grow world-class teams. So Cynthia, thank you and welcome to the conversation today. Uh, thank you, Howard. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Always excited to talk about sales. Oh, well, that's a good thing. And that, that probably makes your day a whole lot better when you were excited <laughs> about it. You have a lot of people in this world who look at their list and look at their phone and then have that feeling of dread on a, on a daily basis. So let me ask you this before I have a number of questions I want to ask you and learn about your story. Let's talk about that dread for a second. Um, you probably have conversations with a lot of people who just fear the phone, fear the, uh, the results they're going to get from the conversations. What, what kind of were the first things that you, you say to them to get them more, I guess, at least excited about their job, much less the process they're trying to go through? The first thing, and it's a great question, because the first thing we always do, and I talk to people about, are what are their, what are their ideas about outreach, about making outbound activity? For a lot of people, it does bring up a lot of fear, as you were saying. And we do a little bit of a dive into where's the fear coming from, because a lot of people have preconceived ideas. It's about, um, you know, they think sales is something that's uncomfortable and that they can't do. And then shifting that mindset to be, it's about actually just reaching out and connecting two people, one person at a time. You know, a lot of people might sit down and look at a list and they've got 50 people and it's just this big overwhelming sense of dread. But if it's like, I need to call John at X company or I'm going to talk to so-and-so and we're going to have a conversation about his business, not about me, about his business, then it completely shifts their mindset, which is where you need to start. Exactly. You have to have the right mindset before you can get through a, a list, but you shouldn't even be thinking about it as, that, okay, here's a list. This is, this is an opportunity that makes some yes. connections, make some relationships. Uh, sales are based on no like, and trust. So now it's, it's the process of starting uh, to people to get to know you in before even thinking about buying something from you. You know what? Absolutely. There's been a lot of changes in sales in the last few years where it's one of the, 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 the power, there's been a shift of power. It used to be the sellers always had all the information and so they could almost manipulate conversations. But now our consumers are aware, they know. 
right? They, they're aware of other options that are available to them. So it's working with them, moving to help them make a decision, the right strategic decision. And the guidance you give them is definitely learned from a, uh, a long successful career in sales. Now you were telling me earlier that your sales career started as a teenager, not only your sales career, but your sales training career as well. So how did that all begin? You know, when it all began at the age of 13, what do you do after school when you need some money and you know, you've got free time on your hands. So um, I applied for my first job. Well, I mean, I had a route or something before that. My first job, which was uh, cold calling for carpet cleaning appointment services. So, you know, every day for four hours, you'd go and you would sit down with a list and just call people in the neighborhood trying to sell carpet cleaning appointments, which I was actually successful at. And in a short period of time, as you were saying that people started asking me, like, what was it I was doing that, you know, I was able to book the calls. So the other peers that you were working with, were they also teenagers? Were you also working with adults too, that you were guiding? There is, it was mostly teenagers, but there was a few adults there as well. Yeah. So what was your, going back then, what was your magic? How did you book the most carpets cleaning appointments? (laughs) Because I approached it from the position of who is, understanding it's an actual person on the other end. And it wasn't about, um, you know, just the end result. It was really understanding for me because I was curious, like who is this other person on the other end of the phone? What is their situation? Why would this help them? How could this help them? So I started with asking a series of questions that weren't about trying to just force something on them, but really understanding how it could fit into their world and understanding, I guess, maybe from an early age that it was a service and that I was offering help and I wasn't just trying to get money from them. Because it was never ever about money, which is really unusual coming from a career salesperson to hear that. The money is great, but my philosophy is if you do the work and have the right conversations, the money will always come. So it was never about being motivated by, by the money. And money can be a challenge to the salesperson as well. If you are concerned about what your results have been and what you're making and what purchases you may have coming in the next couple of months, you might look at those phone calls each time and say, okay, if I get this call, that's worth X amount of my commission check. And so I need to get this, this sale because I need to fix this, pay for that. And, and how much, I, I guess, called incorrect pressure are people putting on themselves within those calls and maybe not giving, providing the right type of focus to the conversation they need to be having. That's such a great point because what it does is it gets people out of their own ability to hear what their customer is saying because they're focused on their own agenda. And I was really fortunate. For years, I worked with Coca-Cola Company. I was in the field sales and marketing team. And that was the first time I heard that if you focus on what you need to do right now, if you show up and do the absolute best you can do right now, the future will take care of itself. And that always stuck with me. It always resonated, right? And I mean, it's a it's an old saying. Lots of people have said that. Um, but it really, I think, applies to a really good sales career because you can show up then 100% open and present to hear what your client is saying because you don't have a, a personal agenda. And it's, it's really a good point because 
you can throw yourself off in the process uh, because, again, you focus being on yourself and, and your pocket and your bank account could make you not listen to, at the very least, good information to create a relationship, but also the little triggers you need to, to get an understanding of what person's emotional uh, thoughts are to then hopefully lead into the sales part when you get to that. You know, you just hit on a key word there and that's triggers. The philosophy that I work from, my methodology actually is based on the, the triggers, the conscious and the subconscious associations that we have for our emotions, our thoughts and our beliefs that prevent people from buying and also prevent people from selling. So I actually, that is my methodology is to work on those subconscious associations. And that I'm sure has been developed over the course of time and the different conversations you've had with different salespeople, because there's one thing to be on a sales staff and have the training that you receive as a salesperson and perhaps the, 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 uh, the head of departments change and, or maybe you change jobs and get different philosophies, but you've had a role in training people for a long time before launching your own business. So other than people looking at you in awe as the, uh, the carpet cleaning uh, opportunities were, were <laughs> filling up on your calendar, how did you, what was the next time you really started to see that you had a, had a, a opportunity to train people? It's always kind of been there. I've always kind of just stepped into a leadership position. And it's possibly because my, my personality is to just move forward with the next right step. Right. So even when, say, if you're going through college and university, I was you know, working in pubs and restaurants. It was still very customer facing, forward facing and selling products. It was always about just taking leadership and serving to the best of my ability. And I think other people just kind of caught on to that, that the more you can serve, the better you can serve your client, the more sales naturally come. Um, but the next particular time that really stands out for me was probably flash forward a few years after that. And I was working in a company that did uh, disaster relief and safety preparedness product preparedness products and we were doing um, products for you know utilities and companies like that in case there was an emergency earthquake or something they had to have their emergency preparedness products work and I remember sitting in a boardroom and it was the head of one of the local utility companies not the head but you know one of the higher up some of the local utility companies and the owner of the company I was working with and the, the utility company gentleman, he stepped out of the room for a second, but the owner of the company I worked for looked at me and she said, you're really, really good at what you do. Like we've never had this kind of conversation. It's like, you don't even hear their objectives. And I, that kind of hit me for a minute because I hadn't really thought about it, about not hearing people's, you know, objections, not their objectives, but their objections. Um, because I never seen them as objections. I just, I've always looked at them as ways that they were not able to associate the, the value to what the outcome was, right? So it was that time really stuck up for me as well. Or it's like someone said, you don't even actually hear the no's. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't mean that as in a bad way, in a disrespectful way to the client. I hear their no's, but it's just for me saying I haven't communicated the value enough. 
And that's very powerful. I hope uh, people who are listening are, are, are understanding how powerful that is because a lot of times people will say no and someone will say, okay, and move on. Um, no is definitely a good thing in general to know when you can move on to the next person. But sometimes no is not no. And sometimes no is they don't really understand what you're offering. And there's a lot of more questions that need to be asked in the process, or even more importantly, they don't understand how they could get results and, and, uh, and, and get a positive effect from whatever you're trying to sell because it hasn't been explained properly. You know what, I have 100%. And in our roles, like when we're running our own businesses, entrepreneurs, small businesses, B2B, it's really, really important to understand what that no means to the customer. And that's why I get into, you know, the thoughts, the beliefs that people have around, no, because often it's a conditioned response. We as humans are very much that way. When someone comes into our space, our natural response is to say, wait a minute. And oftentimes that's because we just need to take a, a breath and get a lay of the land and really understand what the dynamics are especially if somebody's coming to us for the first time and we're not familiar with the product or the service and it's challenging the beliefs we already have, right? So very much you will hear that no when it's really, it's too much for me right now. And so we have to hold space for our clients to, to actually start understanding what that means to them. And it's, I laugh because the first thing that came up to my head, my mind was uh, when my children asked me for things, they know very clearly, my, my, my answer is we'll see. So I'm not actually saying no to them, but yet they kind of feel that, that that's probably the direction is going, but it does give me the opportunity to really understand what they're asking and, and evaluate whether there's a value to it or not. So not, not, companies won't usually give a, a we'll see in a, in a situation like that, that more uh, in, in one direction or the other, but uh, the, you do need that time to really see whether the value is worth it for you. And that question being asked at that time may not be the right time to provide the right answer. You know what? I, and that's such a great point. What I see happening as well is that a lot of people are not spending enough time in the discovery process the, and they're hearing no's almost prematurely. Whereas if they can back up and spend more time in the discovery process, really understanding the client's situations, their needs, their desires, and how it's going to affect the organization or the, the individual as a whole on more than one level, then they're going to have an easier time when it gets to the proposal stage. Because then it's just going to be agreement on how to move forward rather than should we move forward. So that's one of the things that I'm seeing quite often that I, I actually spend a fair amount of time on is spend more time asking better questions and leaving space in the discovery process. This is a lot of information that most salespeople don't utilize and, and don't really have shared with them. But most places that people are selling for aren't getting or giving the training to their salespeople for them to get that type of training. And I'm sure you come through that a lot with the, with the people that you're working with and companies you're working with. But what made you really decide to launch your own training business? It was a disconnect between a lot of traditional conventional sales methods and my personal values and beliefs. 
And I'm coming at this also from the perspective as a woman, because a lot of a lot of sales language is very, um, I will say masculine, right? And it's not inclusive. So there's a lot of tech, there's a lot of terminology and I don't mean to pit one against the other, like, you know, it has to be feminine or masculine or anything like that, but there's a lot of space in, in traditional sales that doesn't allow for um, exploration of language. And it doesn't allow, it, it can leave people feeling oppressed ostracized and alienated, right? It can be very forceful and it can be, it can, it can really be traumatic for a lot of people, right? Because people are put on the spot often, like what's your goal? What do you need to accomplish? What do you need to, and if people are not feeling like that's what it is, then it's like, well, this isn't for me, right? So a lot of it for me was the lack of inclusion and a lot of the communication that went, uh, that I was seeing and, understanding that there was a way to approach this that was completely different by communicating differently. It's an arts communication and there, and people communicate in different ways. Some people are extremely skillful verbally. Some people by using their hands really helps them emphasize what they're doing in, right. uh, in, in their messaging. Um, but it's the, there's all these different studies of, of, you need to, at least my, 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 it goes through my concept of marketing. You need to market to people the way they want to be marketed to. So just because you're comfortable with one style of conversation, you have to be prepared for different styles of communication with the other people that you're going to speak to. And you have to be able to speak their language for them to really understand the sales concepts that you're sharing with them. Right. So one of the things I actually teach is mental agility. And mentally, so while I talk about the emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, on the flip side of that for the seller, I talk about active engagement with your clients, mental agility, and active, active listening, right? Active communication, and then also holding space for, for an expanded future for your client, right? Because that's our job is to show them more than what they thought was possible. So mental agility, by that, I mean, knowing your product and service so well the outcome features and benefits in alignment with what the different requirements of your clients are that no matter what they show up with you can speak about what your products or service do in a way that helps them see different possibilities so I teach a lot of different exercises and techniques on how you can be more agile with what you're saying and how you're saying it because exactly to your point everybody is different what no one style is going to work all the time, but if you have the base information and you can use it to, you know, to navigate different types of scenarios, then you're going to be really successful in your sales career. And, and that really is the key. The key is for your own um, comfort zone of where you are as a salesperson, that you, you on a daily basis, your job is to communicate. So being comfortable with the communications that you're having with people on a regular basis and obviously the result that you're, you're developing for your company so that they are, I guess, let's, let's put it in enjoying your presence on a daily basis and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and guaranteeing that it can continue for a long time. And that's also part of the pressure of this job in particular sales, but that's unfortunately part of the job description when you, when you come in. 
Yeah, it really is. And helping people understand that it can be really, really enjoyable. I mean, every day is different, right? It's you're never going to have any two days that are the same in sales. And when you come at it from a different point of view, and with the confidence that knowing you can handle any situation, it completely changes the game. Then you're never ever doubting yourself, you're never having what you know, we hear a lot about imposter syndrome, that becomes a thing of the past, because when you know that you can handle any situation, and you're going to be okay, then you're willing to go into any situation and be okay. That's a very good point. It's, uh, you're, you're not walking into the lion's mouth every time you're, you're, you're having a sales conversation. It really is. It's another human being that you, uh, and you, yes, you can handle the phone call. And even if it goes south, there are ways that you have uh, an understanding of to try to bring it back into the conversation that yeah. that maybe it's not the conversation you want it to be, but the conversation it needs to be and uh, and, and get to a, uh, a good common ground at the end. Yeah, because that's ultimately the, the goal, right, is you want to be able to walk away with something, some sort of data, feedback, whether they made the sale or didn't make the sale, you're going to learn something from it. So when you over overlap and you layer on the you know the strategies and skills and then with the communication strategies and that mental agility no matter what happens you have a way of extracting some sort of result while still staying in control because that's the thing when you're in sales you want to be in control of the process you need to be in control of the process right in guiding conversations doing it without manipulating people but knowing strategically how to move things forward now to get this skill um, and, and for companies to, to really find the right messaging they need for their sales staff to, uh, to use on a daily basis, they need to find you and, and you've found different ways to market yourselves over the course of time. So people have found you. So what, when you launched really as, okay, this is, this is something that, that is now a entity and I'm gonna be teaching people how to sell better what was the process you went through to, to market yourself um so i did a couple of things prior to being like an online presence i was teaching locally and i was doing that through referrals so locally in the greater vancouver area and then when covid hit well i should just prior to that it was so you know i'm at the point in my life where it's like i want to do this for myself now i want to do this on a bigger scale so when i first went online i started working exclusively with entrepreneurs um, those starting their own small businesses and with women, because I definitely saw a gap there. But also, and I still do, but I also know true to my roots because I've spent over 40 years in a corporate kind of position that I've gone back into doing a lot more corporate sales. So a lot of it has been through organic marketing. It's been through, you know, using social media. It's been cold outreach because I still do cold outreach as well. It's been a few different things, but really it's just getting yourself out there, visibility. What I like about cold outreach is that I'm not waiting on anything. I can create what I want when I want. And for a company, I can do that, which is for me, that leaves me never, never struggling. I can fill my pipeline anytime I want 
So, and I know a lot of people still have a hard time with cold outreach or they'll, you know, they'll want to do posting organic and wait for it to come or advertising. I think combination is something that sets people apart and really helps solidify um, growth in their business. What is the best way to approach a cold call? What, what skills do you suggest people bring to that conversation to get past the gatekeeper to the, uh, the direct person they're trying to reach? Well, there's a few different things. One is obviously understanding the company a little bit, what they, who, who they are, what they're about. But what is it you want to talk to somebody about? You know, one of the things I do is I like to share insider insider, you know, industry information. So say I'm calling into a technology company, I will call and I will say, you know, it's Cynthia calling from Unstoppable Sales Growth. I have a brief, a sales brief that I want to share with so-and-so. Can you put me through to them? Right, I'm sharing something that's of value. You know, I have an executive briefing I want to share with them. Right. Like I have to, I'm not just going to cut, Hey, I want to call and have an appointment with you. Right. No, I'm going to call with something in particular. Okay. And, and that is something that people don't usually do or don't know to do. Uh, if you're selling for like, like I used to call for a radio station. Um, there are things that could be developed to provide to them. And there is some great resources that we were able to provide as a, as a station sales staff, but the new person on the, on the sales team, who's doing this for the first time may not know how to address something like that or in, in any industry. Yeah. And I mean, cold calling is such a, it is such a skill, right? It, and I have done tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of cold calls in my life. Um, it, I mean, it would be something more industry specific, right? Like I'm calling with, you know, an executive briefing on things that are happening in your industry regarding this, there would be more substance to it. I was just kind of shortening it for sure. that purpose of this but you know I see this sometimes with the new salespeople that I'm I'm training is that there's an expectation that because they called that they're owed something that someone wants to talk to you or I've left a voicemail and they haven't called me back it's like nobody owes you anything you have to be the one that's showing value and making it worthwhile for someone to pick up the phone and call you back Right. So if I'm sharing something like, you know, I've, I'm seeing something develop in the marketing, I'm going to switch into technology here because I do spend a lot of time working in tech. You know, I see a lot of issues that are happening around, you know, cybersecurity or something like that. I've put together a three page report that I think is really going to be helpful to you. You know, I would love to get it to you. I'd love to talk to you about this. You know, here's the best way to reach me. Something just of substance that's, you know, their time. Even if you're phoning into junior levels or something like that, it still demands the same amount of respect and quality in exchange for their time. And, and even in those situations, those junior execs want to be senior execs and someone providing them with insight and information that could help them exactly. even have something strong to say at the water cooler in, the, in, a, in a visual like that is right? a benefit to them. See, when you start getting into that too, because I, I love this, is that you're seeing benefits beyond just, you know, they need this so they can buy for me. Now what you're doing is you're, you're empowering that person to 
step more fully into their role. So something that's going to benefit them besides or on more than just one level. So if it's going to help them feel more confident, it's going to help them providing more information to the organization or to make better decisions. There's more than one reason now to get on a conversation, get on a call in conversation with you, right? The more reasons we give people, the easier it is to connect with them. Which is really, it's such a key statement and really boils down everything. It's a very, very simple concept for any salesperson to really understand, which I think really not just that, but everything you've shared gives a real inkling of what kind of sales trainer you are and the things that you're able to provide to a company who more than likely has never received any type of sales training and uh, just the, 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 the manager, director, vice president training each individual salesperson as they come in and, and really limiting the company of what could actually be accomplished. So uh, it, it's, it's great to hear the type of insight you provided to us and the things that you obviously can provide to other companies. If someone is interested in growing their business and generating more revenue and start and creating, and creating much better relationships with their sales prospects that eventually become clients, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, directly through email, actually. And it's really easy. It's just Cynthia at CynthiaZenti.com. That's that's the thing I see the most. I'm present on Instagram and Facebook. I can be reached there. Um, but I really think email um, or direct messaging me through there is the best way to get, to get connected with me. And I would love that. I love having conversations about this. And, you know, my main goal, the main premise of my, my business is that I can help people, you know, increase their sales profit, not revenue profit by up to 30% within 90 days of working together. So there's a lot that can be done. And uh, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I got to enjoy it, but I've been doing it for 40 years. Exactly. And I think that the key to one thing you said is you, you just enjoy conversations with people. And that's, I think you're, you're better off if you start off that you like people and you want to learn about them in these conversations. <laughs> They don't like <laughs> and everything and everything is just forced through it through the process. So Cynthia, thank you so much for joining us. This really was fantastic. Yeah, right? I, I've been involved in sales for years and I've learned a ton just from this conversation. So I can only imagine yeah. what companies are going to, uh, to really benefit when they, uh, they send you an email and, and start working with you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure talking with you. I've enjoyed it. And thank you all for joining us today. This really was great information. If you've ever sold before and sold well, if you've sold before and have not sold well, I think there's a lot of pieces that you can just sit and absorb from this conversation and realize what you could or could not have done in different calls and situations and perhaps use it for the next time that you have the opportunity to be, uh, be communicating with someone. And that's the case. Communicate with them. It's about, it's about developing a relationship, not just that individual sale. And, uh, and relating to them the way they need to be related to and, and to, uh, to keep the conversation going. So uh, thank you again for joining us. Go have a great day today and we'll see you next time. This has been Small Business Marketing, then and now. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Marketing strategy for the small business owner. To learn more, click findnewrevenue.com.